What's poppin' and welcome to Pop Bite number 3. Of course, this is the mini-sode for Popcorn with Cholo Sediaren. And joining me today is a good friend of the podcast and graphic designer, Kevin. Let's welcome him to the show, guys. Clapping. Hey, everyone. So, he's a graphic designer, as I mentioned, and he actually made the collaterals for this podcast. So, thank you so much, Kevin. You're welcome, Cholo. We I have been... been our friend for so long. So. <laughs> And that's shade for some people who might not be listening to this. Hopefully not. But yeah, um, if you've seen our Instagram and Twitter and everything, all the graphics he made for me. So I'm really happy. But anyway, he's one of my good friends that I share a lot of pop culture interests with. So I'm happy he's finally here on the show. Yun. And this is kind of like a graveyard shift. And it's becoming a thing because the last two pop bites we released were kind of recorded really late also yeah. as we're recording this it's already 12 48 a.m on a saturday sorry mom <laughs> it's pretty late but we have to be with the news and just air out our opinions on the things yeah. that just came out today so our main topic for this minisode is taylor swift's new single you need to calm down the black sheep latest film clarita and Men in Black International. So we're just gonna have a rundown on our thoughts on those three things. So to begin, we have a new Taylor Swift song. We Yay. haven't been able to talk about Taylor Swift that much on this podcast aside from that one mention of her in that Jonas Brothers episode. So this is the moment that I have been waiting for because I love Taylor Swift so much. And she just released a new single like a few hours ago. Maybe like... 12 hours ago. It was actually at 12 noon. And before that, she actually had an IG live where she announced all the details. Yeah, which I actually saw. I actually woke up at 5 a.m. just to watch it. That's pretty intense. I was asleep because work is very tiring. But yeah. anyway... I was awake because of anxiety <laughs> attacks. I heard even Lindsay Lohan was on that um, live stream saying, Please note this me, Taylor. <laughs> I don't even know why. Yeah, don't you have like a hotel to run in Greece or something? Uh, a hotel club thing? Mykonos is very iconic for Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> anyway, going to the song. So the song is called You Need to Calm Down. and Which it, was actually hidden in the video if you've seen it so many times. Like that's the French dialogue with Brandon Urie. And by video, he means the me video, which was released in April 20th. The same day as Avengers Endgame. Yes. Which he even talked about on Ellen. And our very first popcorn episode. So, anyway, um, yun, she did say, Just we come. And that was obviously an Easter egg. And Taylor's actually into easter eggs already right now as more than she has ever been and i think fans will be like delighted to watch videos again and again just to see the easter eggs and there was actually a, a whole cover feature for taylor's easter eggs and the upcoming album on entertainment weekly which i haven't really read yet but thank you to ate bamba my cousin from the u.s who brought me that issue i will be reading that very soon and back to the song, I loved it. Yes, yeah, same It's a yes. Yeah. Yeah, like, when I first looked at the lyrics um, on Genius or wherever, like, I'm pretty, I was pretty sure that maybe it's because of the way my mind works. Like, I felt like it's an anti-Trump shade anthem. Yeah, um, what I got from it was that it's very, not just Trump, but anti-hater. 
Like I mean, especially homophobia. Yeah, I mean, I feel like after everything Taylor has gone through in the past three years, six years since 1989 came out, this is just like an anthem, maybe like uh, an emotional foil to look what you made me do, because it's more pun intended, calm than that look what you made me do song. Right? Yeah. I still enjoy Look What You Made Me Do enough to make it my ringtone, though. I agree. That was... I mean, that wasn't really the best from Reputation, for sure. But it was also a bop, and I don't mind listening. And like That's my bad boy anthem. <laughs> no, wrong singer. Anyway, that's more about the song. Oh, yeah. And yeah. also, I'm gonna have to mention, um, if you hear the second verse, it's not actually the word glad. It's the organization glad. And it's very much punctuated by the lyric video you would see on YouTube. The music video will be coming on Monday, by the way. So And by Monday, he means June 17th. So if you're listening to this from the future, then it's already up. <laughs> anyway, uh, Taylor this. has been pretty vocal about LGBT support in the recent years. Yeah. And more so this year with uh, asking a senator to actually pass a bill the for Equality L- Act in the exactly. So good for you, Maring Taylor. But aside from the song itself that was released and the music video that will be released, which for sure will be having more Easter eggs, um, Taylor also announced more details about TS7, which is now known as Lover. Which was hinted on the Mii video as well in the background. You'll see a neon sign that says Lover, and she did say at one point, you hear it, you see it once and you hear it twice. So, And... That album is coming out on August 23, which is again an Easter egg because Taylor Swift loves the number 13. 8 plus 2 plus te- equals 10, and then plus 3 equals 13. And she is obsessed with it. So, aside from the album details that it's named Lover and it's coming out on August 23rd, which is again an Easter egg, other details that have been announced is that there are going to be 18 tracks and that there will be four versions of the deluxe edition that will be released in Target. So I think Kevin knows more about the track details, but there haven't been any other track details announced aside from me and um, You Need to Calm yeah, Down. I mean, yeah, like it hasn't, not, yeah, really nothing has been released yet, but then maybe in the coming weeks. I think um, there's something about Stella McCartney. Yeah. So also in the live stream, she also announced that Stella McCartney actually heard the album in full before everyone else and then based on the songs apparently Stella McCartney will work with Taylor on a collection of sorts maybe it's it's either a fashion item or a full-on collection inspired by the album and speaking of the album can we just talk about the album design I mean the album cover for a bit because that just seems like it's a very fan-made well, I think it's from an Instagram photographer, correct? Yeah, yeah. So it's from Instagram user at Valeria one two three. I forgot the name. I'm not familiar with her, but you know, it's. I mean, I feel like Taylor hasn't been one of the stronger artists when it comes to album art. So you know, I'm not surprised. This is what we're coming up with with the album Lover. I mean, I'm still very excited for it, but at this point. I don't really know what she's cooking up with the whole album because Me and Please Calm Down are pretty good songs but not as cohesive as I wanted 
it to be so far. I mean, compared to 1989 and Reputation, which had their distinct sounds, it just didn't really feel very cohesive. Yeah. But it's just two songs from the 18-track album, and we don't know what else she'll come up with. But so far, it sounds very bubblegum pop without really any theme, aside from the fact that she said that this will be about love, and there's a lot of themes of romance in different forms in this album. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, by the way, the name of the artist is Valeria Rocha. And then she's actually well-known for her collages of celebrities. Mm. Okay. Oh, she even made Cool, apparently, and took a photo of Beverly from upcoming It sequel this year. So, anyway, that's pretty much it. I think there's something about merch that Taylor's been... I mean, not just Taylor, but a lot of artists have been churning out lately. Yeah, cause like they really they want to place a spot in the Billboard charts lately, which has been difficult because CDs aren't really a thing anymore. Yeah, it's more yeah, cause we're in the age of streaming, obviously, and then hip hop has been leading the streaming wars a lot lately. Although there have been some exceptions, like you know, um, one of them being Sucker being number one, but mm-hmm. then like mostly the as I would say right now. The chart top red billboard is, of course, Old Town Road by Lil Nas X. Wow, it's still the chart topper at this point? Yeah, from what I know. I mean, that, that's the reason why me ended up being at number two. And I, I mean, as Kevin was telling me earlier, a lot of the artists right now, which I also noticed, have been bundling, bundling their merch online with digital copies of the CD. And Taylor just announced that there will be four versions nga of the album in Target. I mean, Reputation had two, and I actually bought both. And that means that she's just really milking it for the sales. Which is a good strategy, I must say. Yeah, but not for, but not for the casual fans. Like, for the more hardcore. Yeah, so sorry, because my wallet will die again for more versions of this album. So, for me, You Need to Calm Down, Taylor Swift, is a yes. The song is a bop. I can relate to it whenever I feel like I have haters. I probably don't have haters, but I don't know. Is it a yes for you? Of course, it's a yes. And like it, and also, it really con- pretty much confirms how, at one point, Taylor did say that the album was going to contain some political undertones. So And that's good. See. She needs to speak up more about politics. Especially in 2019, when exactly. every day is like, if you watch CNN or Rappler or whatever, then yeah, you yeah. Know. I mean, Taylor has the power, and it seems like that power is working towards positive change. And if Kevin is a friend of the podcast, then and if you listen to this podcast, then you know who the enemy of the podcast is, and that is. The evils of the world. (laughs) So anyway, we will go to our next topic for this pop bite. And that is the latest movie from Black Sheep called Clarita. So this is a horror movie. And Kevin... horror movies. Yeah, Kevin and I traditionally just watch all... Pretty much all horror movies together if we can. Yeah, both good and bad. And I don't know when this started, but... It's been a thing, and we're just keeping... we're alive. (laughs) And we're just keeping the tradition alive. And today, whether it's a Filipino horror film or 
an American film or anything, yeah. anything horror. It's just our favorite pastime yeah. for movies. So anyway, um, Tarita is produced by Black Sheep, which is ABS-CBN Films. Um, sort in, of indie. Sort of indie arm. And it's starring Jodie Santamaria, Ricky Davao, Aaron Villaflor, Yayo Aguila is also there. Hi, Tita Yayo, if you're listening to this. <laughs> and it is directed by Derek Cabrido. So let's talk about the plot first. It's actually set in the 1950 era, so it's a period piece. And it pretty it, it did that pretty well. Like, compared to Kazan's game, I think, which I watched a few weeks ago. And it's still in cinemas, and you should watch it if you can. It's a really good story. Um, anyway, back to Clarita. The whole story just revolves around the titular character who is Clarita, played by Jodie Santamaria, because she has been inhabited by demons. And people are like, is it a mental illness of like a multiple personality disorder, like in Split, probably? Or is it really demons? Apparently, this movie is even inspired by true events, so I'm not so sure if it's actually multiple personality disorder in real life or how much creative freedom they took in making this into a horror movie. I think it's dissociative identity disorder as we call it now. Yes. As revealed to a crazy ex-girlfriend. So anyway, um, pretty much that's pretty much it. Um, the characters revolving around the exorcism, quote-unquote, of Clarita are just trying to figure out how to get the demons out of her. And the demons end up being demons for those characters as well, eventually, as with any um, exorcism movie. So for me, exorcism movies are pretty passe at this point, unless you think of some super clever way of mixing it up and bringing something new into the picture. And this one shows because you know i didn't really get much out of it like as at in 2019 horror i'm trying to find something more substantial in horror movies now because we've had us we've had get out and hereditary and a lot more horror movies that have more i mean i think it's not just 2019 in this era but there have been a lot more horror movies that are trying to say something beneath the horrors that are shown through the different monsters or demons or anything. Okay, so I would yeah, I very much agree that um, exorcism movies are like I'm just so tired of exorcism movies. Like, and also I would say that yeah, it didn't reinvent it, and but I do like the the part that they focus on individual character dynamics like character you know backstories and all that like al- although i just wish that um while i am glad that the title character's backstory was um was well formed enough and also i guess also ricky davao's character mm-hmm. and i think also aaron's characters yeah but for aaron William floor i didn't really like appreciate his acting in this film in particular yeah that's what i was gonna uh, that's what i was gonna say like i think aaron's okay jody and ricky were great i mean jody was just inspired stellar i mean we know she is a versatile actress and she really proves that in this film because she has to play both of them had more impact yeah, but for me, Jodie was just like, 
Yes, queen. Yeah. Iron get that half, uh, get that demon inside of you and scare us all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very much true. Yeah, and then so also Iron kind of half disappeared for mm-hmm. me. Like and also what's her name? Um Yula Mula, something like that. Yeah, she disapp- she I didn't get much from her character. I didn't I've, get I'm, much from her performance. I think she probably is one of the new star magic artists. I'm not quite sure about that, but she's a new actress and she's being introduced in this movie, so yeah. I'm not really surprised. And then, so I guess um, I, if we're gonna go for the final verdict now, then I guess um, I'll just have to say sacks. And the kind of sacks I would say is like a potato, a sack of potatoes, <laughs> where it's like starchy and yeah. Unless of course you, unless of course you add salt and then French fries. So that's good kinds. That's a good kind of potato. But for me, my verdict is that this is also a sax. Well, this has a really good cinematography and it's really well done. But the story just didn't do it for me. But yun nga si uh, Jodie Santa Maria was just really good. Ang galing lang talaga. And yun nga. By the way, Alisa Mulak pala, hindi Yula Mulak. I don't know where I got Yula. Maybe because Yula Valdez or yeah. something. And also, I'm gonna have to point out, yeah, I, I I very much agree that the cinematography looks very low-key for a horror movie. Yes. At least they didn't, you know, overdo the darkness. You know, because that's a common mistake when you're trying to do low-key. Like, it shouldn't be too dark. It shouldn't be too bright. Unless, of course, you're Midsummer, which I'm not sure when it's going to be released here. Hopefully, it will be released here in the Philippines. But, yun nga. Th- I haven't seen a horror movie this well done. Aside from Koresma, which we also watched a month ago. Yeah. So, yeah. That was really good. I mean, as in that aspect, yeah. it was great. I just wish I got something more out of it. So, that is a sax for me. So now we are moving forward to our next mini-movie review, and this is for Men in Black International, starring Chris Hemsworth, Tessa Thompson, Emma Thompson, Nor they're Asia. not related, and Liam Neeson, and this is directed by F. Gary Gray. So what did you think? Men in Black for me is really associated with my childhood, with the cartoons, and the first movies, and this time around they're trying to bring back the MIB for a new generation, I guess, in 2019. And they're changing it up with a woman in black, which is Agent M, who is played by Tessa Thompson. And she is partnered with Agent H, played by Chris Hemsworth. Her Thor co-star. Yes. That's a fun bit in this movie that both of them are actually also partners in Thor Ragnarok as Thor and Valkyrie, who is now the queen of Asgard or king of Asgard, however yes, you'd like queen. to see it. But at this point, I haven't really even seen Men in Black 3. I don't know if I should or not. I'll probably get to that sometime soon. So I just came into this just wanting to see a new take on Men in Black. And it was fine. It's a popcorn movie. Um, the plot was that Agent M is someone who's seen the men in black in action in her childhood and she wasn't neuralized or that's the kind that's what they call the light sticks that make you forget that you saw aliens yeah. nice of fairly odd parents forget the sin I don't remember that but yeah so she is assi- she actually gets into the men in black 
and Emma Thompson is her superior agent O or I don't know what they call her high O since Liam Neeson is high T so she's assigned to London and she gets dragged into this case with Agent H and they try to solve it together and watch the movie for yourselves to see what else happens what do you have to say about the whole plot okay so wait full disclosure I haven't seen the first two but I did watch the was the third one the one with um, Josh Brolin yeah yes that was yeah the, one. the only yeah that was the only thing I've seen of men in black so collectively we have seen all the men in black films <laughs> yeah so what so I felt like the plot structure is if you're gonna put it down to the basics tear it down to the basics rather um, it's very familiar yeah basic yeah it, it's a very familiar format that was only made fresh by you know by Tessa Thompson's edition mm-hmm. I agree even it just felt very like skeletal like you've you've seen it already yeah. in a sort in a sort of blockbuster sense now okay I can predict that this person will do this and this person will do yeah. this and also another thing is that their dynamics not like the good cop bad cop that I feel like I feel like the first two or the first three rather had but like they had like a positive negative sort of thing but then like it's more downplayed here on international which is also a welcome change yeah. because there weren't any female agents as featured as a lead role in the Men in Black franchise and Tessa Thompson is the first woman so there's been this debate why is why is it still called Men in Black not Women in Black which is also or mentioned in Black yeah uh, and that's also mentioned within the movie and Emma Thompson Agent O says something like Oh, don't tell me that. I've been trying to fix it. And I actually watched this short interview ni Tema, ni Tema, pinag-mix ko yung pangalan nila, ni Tessa Thompson being asked about uh, why is it still Men in Black in a red carpet premiere or a press junket. And sabi niya lang na, you know, sometimes things around us change even before the terms get to change. And that is the case with this franchise and I pretty much agree with her that's pretty smart on her end to say something like that and it is true I mean now we live in a world where people get called them or their and before it just used to be he or she so parang there's also like Z and Zer and other pronouns as well yeah so I mean the world is constantly changing and eventually, I feel like it's a slow change for a lot of things, but it's a welcome change that we have this kind of representation. And she's a pretty f- strong female character in the movie, Agent M. I really liked that they didn't really make her a weak character in a sense that she has to like just be a foil to Chris Hemsworth or just be a love interest. Yeah, like she's pretty. Like I got an aura of confidence, of intelligence, and. She brought the house down. Yes. And um, arguably, I think that was just one of the film's pros. Because there wasn't much else to get from this, in my opinion. I mean, I had a good time. But it's just 
like any other popcorn movie. For me, it felt more like this movie would have been really progressive if it were if it were released in 2012 in lieu of um, MIB3 maybe. Or it just felt it just feels very not 2010s anymore. Yeah. The kind of structure that they have. Yeah, like audiences want more. Although, can we also talk about the special effects as well? Yeah. yeah. So the alien designs felt like classic MIB. But nga, I'm saying it feels very dated at this point. We've seen so many things. We've seen yeah. Fantastic Beasts. What's this? We've seen Avatar. Yeah. And that's a whole experience yeah. into it, itself. It very much fits for a PG audience. But then, yeah, we've just seen it before already. Good point. And can I just say, it was revealed in MIB that Ariana Grande, Elon Musk, and Childish Gambino are actually aliens. Of course, they're not aliens in real life, but, you know, Ariana Grande! Yeah, that's the same thought I had after watching Clarita. Yeah, um, Jody Santamaria was actually doing a plastic tiara by saying, I mean, by speaking, like, plastic tiara when she said, Ariana Grande! That was during the Mariah episode. Yeah, so yun lang. it's just a fun bit of the movie that... I actually enjoyed it's a super small Easter egg, and you know a call back to Ariana Grande's "Break Free" music video because she was sort of an alien there, like Barbarella-ish thing like that. But yeah, um, it was a good time, so I'm gonna call it a sax. Yeah, also same sax as well. Like I, I, I just can't wait to you know. To see what the rest of the sci-fi action space will bring, especially after Endgame. Yeah, and it's nice seeing Chris Hemsworth also in more comedic roles. I don't think this is his best comedic role because there wasn't much coming from him that's new, yeah. as compared to like his appearance on the 2016 all-female Ghostbusters, where he played a bit of a dumb character and that was more funny to a me a goofball rather. yeah was he dumb or was he a goofball i felt more goofball vibes well i kind of got dumb vibes okay. from that and it's a nice thing for chris hemsworth because he's always you know the hunk or the poggy guy the macho yeah and i mean this is just pretty much relies on that in a sense to add to his comedic chops but yun nga We've seen him as Fat Thor in Avengers Endgame. And that's more of uh, what I'd like to see from Chris Hemsworth in mo- future comedy movies that he's in. Yeah. And I also can't wait to see more of Tessa as well. Yeah. She's proving to be a versatile actress as well. So we hope with there are more good films coming from her. After this and Marvel franchise and Creed... Yeah, more drama. <laughs> yeah, so that is that for our Men in Black International mini-review. So that is pretty much everything for our mini-sode today. And before we end, as always on Popcorn, we have the Pop Stop. And this is the mini Pop Stop. So Kevin will give you his recommendations for the week. Okay, so the last thing I've seen on Netflix is a four-part miniseries by Ava DuVernay called When They See Us. And when I saw it, I felt like... When you saw it. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. Um, so when I... After I finished watching all four episodes, like 
or rather during that the entire time I just felt really angry and although it did lead to a satisfying conclusion it's just that um, it if you want especially if you watch the Oprah Winfrey hosted after series is which, it per episode or like um, no, for just like, the whole series yeah, the, the entire thing like it's yeah it's that kind of an after show and it was actually filmed during a from what I know, it was actually filmed during a For Your Consideration event by Netflix. Mm, so this is more like a historical docudrama, right? About um, what story? Okay, so it's actually a dramatization of the, the events that happened in 1989 where four black men... Or, the year Taylor Swift was born. Yeah. Four <laughs> black men and one Latino... They were accused of raping someone because they were in the wrong. They were in the wrong place at the wrong time. And they have been dubbed the Central Park Five, but yeah. now they want to be called the Exonerated Five, yes. as mentioned on the Oprah after after, after show. show. So it's pretty much like Netflix's answer to Chernobyl, which is released by HBO, and it's still a really good show. I'd like to recommend. So yeah, um, I'm gonna see that yeah. soon. Since I just finished Chernobyl. Yeah. So the thing is, like, when when you watch it, like, you will feel really angry, and then like, especially the fact that um, since you're watching from the from the five kids' point of view as they're growing up in prison, mm-hmm. and then if, how old were they? Like eighteen, right? Like they were fifteen. They were 15? 15, 15, 16. and then wow. like they had to deal with like very racist prosecutors, policemen, mm-hmm. interrogators, like that. Yeah, so like they were literally, they were like words were put into their mouths mm-hmm. as they were being interrogated. They were even forced to tape confessions of a crime that themselves confessing to a crime they didn't even commit in the first place. That's sad. America do better. Philippines do better. Yeah. Because- and which begs to ask the question. Well, not really begs to ask the question, but like. I wonder what kind of um, I wonder what kind of series in a historical sense the Philippines could come up with that could have the same effect. Yeah, I mean, I know we have like an animated Netflix original coming up, but then the Philippines need. I'm calling TBA. Like, I hope they do a Netflix original if ever. I mean, let's hope for the best. I yeah, mean, TBA's been releasing a lot. Yeah, of and it happened stuff. on TV, so yeah. Yeah, and also like, and also another thing. At least um, there has been like a, there has been cancel movements ever since the series has been released, which is a good first step. But then like, this also serves as like a case study for restorative justice as well. And it's so hard. Yeah. I mean, people are just judges, and you know, this. I mean, at that time, they were more racist than they are today. Yeah. But I guess this time around, people are more sensitive, but too sensitive. So you know, yeah. we have to balance the scales. Yeah, we have. Yeah, we have got to get better about discuss. We have to be better in our discussions on how to improve the world we're living in, especially, if, especially you know, when dealing with the injustices that the minorities are dealing with. And on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, our love goes to the people of Hong Kong who have been experiencing political turmoil from China yeah, right also, now. Yeah, exactly. And of course, the fishermen in the Philippines, binanggasila ng mga Chinese people, and and their ship sank. I was gonna say their sink sank. 
So yeah, our thoughts and prayers, no like no shade intended, go to the people of the Philippines because thoughts and know, prayers with a call to action. Yes. Sana magsalita si Pangulo about this. Kasi there haven't been any statements from Malacanang about the Chinese ships sinking the Philippine ship. So, you know, step up again. I keep on saying this in each episode and it gets worse. (laughs) So anyway, back to the good vibe of our episode. Thank you so much for joining me. Would you like to plug your graphic design works? Okay, so... um so thanks Chalo for inviting me so you, you can find me at Babel by Kev on Instagram and Twitter and Pinterest also and you can you can on my Instagram you can see there my graphic design work and also my website is bykev.co my portfolio is design.bykev.co so yeah if you need any graphic design work you can just message him on Instagram at Babel by Kev or anywhere else he's mentioned so that is it for our pop bite number three. We hope you enjoyed all this blabber about everything. And we hope you tune in to our next mini-sode. And our weekly show, of course, is on Raja Katipunan. And this is streamed everywhere that podcasts are heard, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, and Worldly. everywhere. Pretty much everywhere. And of course, to those people listening on Apple Podcasts, we hope that you do rate and review the show so we can get more ratings and we can get up to charts and be a thing. Okay. So thank you so much, everyone, as always, for joining me. I have been your host, Cholas Adyaren, and this has been Popcorn, our pop-like mini-sode. Goodbye. Goodbye.